editor's note, it looks as if Max Scherzer is indeed signing in Flushing. Um, apparently for three years and $130 million and the deal is being finalized. Because of course it was after I finished podcasting. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot of thoughts that I didn't already expre- ex- express in the podcast. But I was talking as if he wasn't signed. So just going to clean that up. Um, incredible signing for the Mets. Max Scherzer is a Hall of Famer. Max Scherzer is one of the best pitchers of this generation. And I really hope, just as a baseball fan, that Scherzer and DeGrom stay healthy. Um, good for the Mets. I'm happy for the Mets fans that I know, that the, the, the non-dopey ones. And should be some fun should be some fun pitching in New York this year with uh, Scherzer and DeGrom on that side and Cole on ours. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 68 of All In with Kevin. I'm your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to focus on Major League Baseball's current free agency period and give my thoughts on some of the signings and what the Yankees are, or depending on your perspective, are not doing so far in the free agency period. So, so far we've had... In the last three days, we've had some movement. Um, Mark Canna signed with the New York Mets. Mark Canna, starting Marte, and Eduardo Escobar signed with the New York Mets. Adam Frazier got traded from the Padres to the Mariners. Byron Buxton signed a $100 million deal for seven years with the Twins with a, with a full no-trade extent, a full no trade clause. Uh, Marcus Simeon signed with the Rangers for seven years and $175 million. And... Um, yeah, a lot of big signs. Kevin Gausman signed a five-year, $110 million deal in Toronto. And John Gray signed a $56 million deal in Texas for four years. Now, um, I'll start with the Mets. It, it's it's good, and, and we should encourage teams to just go out there and spend fucking money to improve their baseball teams. The Mets got it, and the Mets, the Mets desperately want respect. And I'm not saying this as a pejorative. I'm not saying this to be negative. It's the truth. They want fucking respect. Like, the Mets have consistently been a punchline for basically as long as I've been alive, give or take, like, five years where they were really good or whatever. They, they have largely been a punchline since I've been a fan of baseball. They, they, they want some respect. They, they gave Francisco Lindor $341 million. I don't know if that was the greatest idea, given his, his offensive slippage and all of that. So, maybe that ends up being good for them. I don't know. But maybe it ends up being bad. I don't know. But they did that. Apparently, they're hot. They're hot on Max Scherzer's phone line right now, and they're willing to give him, you know, three, three, three potentially four years for forty plus million dollars. Which, hey, not my money. You're you're paying for the first year, and then you're just praying that he is serviceable, you know, from year two on. Like the, the chance of that that contract ending well are very low, right? The thing with it is, um, and, and I think th- this kind of gets lost when we're talking about contracts as a whole. You're not paying for the back end. Like, that's just the price of doing business. You're paying for the peak years. Now, Max Scherzer is 37 years old, and he has a, he has a violent delivery. 
there's reason to believe that the end is near for him. Like, I'm not arguing that at all. There's reason to believe that the end is near for him. If you can get one great year out of him, and hopefully DeGrom, stay, hopefully DeGrom stays on the field and stays healthy, I have my questions about that, but hopefully they both stay healthy, like, you're looking at a pretty formidable one-two, and then, you know, if, if the rest of the team makes some sense, I mean, the signings have made sense, to, to be fair to them, if the rest of the team makes sense and plays like plays like a good team, the the Mets should be in contention to do something. Like nobody thought the Braves were gonna win the fucking World Series. Like they were under five hundred until August. Anything is fucking possible. You might as well actually try. And the Mets are trying, so kudos to them. I know they're rich, so like I shouldn't really be giving pat on the back for rich uh, rich teams spending money, but but I will in this case. Like the Mets are outwardly trying to like blatantly trying to gain and buy respect and as they fucking should as they should like the, the but i think of the signings they've made so far i think the marcana signing was the best one like he's one of the he's been one of the better offensive players in the al for the last like three years and he's playing in oakland which is is heavily slanted towards pitch pitchers at last i checked and he gets on base a lot, and he could play three different positions credibly, four different positions credibly. I, I really like that signing a lot. Eduardo Escobar is kind of all right. It's depth, whatever you paid for it. Okay, cool. Uh, who cares? And starting Marte is really good. Like you, uh, again, you're not paying for the back end. I understand that, but also with him, and it shouldn't matter to the Mets because because they 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 are big 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 rich, but. With a guy who is as reliant for value on speed as Starling Marte is, ha- paying him that, giving him four years at age thirty, that that that's that's risky. It is because nobody would be surprised if Starling Marte's speed fell off immediately. And and on top of that, he's already been suspended for PEDs. So if he gets popped again, you know what that means. So you know, I mean, it's a risky it's a risky deal. But again, the Mets are trying to win. Good for them. Um, Marcus Simeon's deal with the Rangers was interesting. I, f- I feel like the Rangers are in that position where they're trying to show the fans something. So they're just going to pay. And they don't have a whole lot of people stopping them from paying people. Like, they don't have a lot of major leaguers that I can even tell you. They have the Isaiah Kaner falefa dude who play- who's an infielder, I think. Um, I... What uh what's Adolis Garcia? Um, he's there. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce his first name, but he's there. <sighs> what Adrian Beltre is gone, bro. I, I don't know who the fuck is in Texas. So they ain't got nobody to stop anybody. So I, I feel like the Marcus Simeon deal was kind of just like, all right, we we need you on this team, and we're gonna pay you the tax to make you come aboard. Because giving him seven years is is certainly a choice. That's certainly something one could do. It might not work out or whatever, but, you know, hopefully they get three, four good years out of him. But he's 32, so, like, they got him signed into, through age 39. That's, they're going to be some ugly years on the back end of that contract. Now, you just hope that the, the years on the front of it make it worth it, and that's what you're paying for. But usually a second baseman, a second baseman, a 30-plus-year-old second baseman getting that deal is kind of wild. Good for him, though. And, like, Texas apparently is still in the market for Corey Seager, and they're still in the market for Trevor Story. I haven't heard them link to Carlos Correa at all. Uh, take that for whatever it is worth. Maybe they're talking to him. Maybe they're not. But, um, 
they're, they're apparently just like, somebody please take our money. Preferably be good at baseball too. And I mean, I can't knock it. I'm never going to knock somebody for spending fucking money in baseball. Like, there's no fucking salary cap. Go spend money and try and win. I'm never going to knock it. Go, go do it. Go try and win. Like, I don't know where it stops for them. They also signed John Gray, as I mentioned earlier, where I, I, I don't know if that's the place to unlock the best out of him, but I'm just fucking I'm so happy he's out of Colorado, man. Like, cause I know like he has he has real talent. Like, I'm not saying he ain't a number one guy, and he probably never will be, but I think in the right situation, John Gray could be a two. I don't know if that's Texas. I don't hear great things about their pitching development, and I mean, granted, you look at their pitching development. I, I don't... Like, just on paper, in and of itself, it ain't that great either. So, like, I don't know if that's the situation for him. But Texas is trying. And and I know, like, that's that's such a ground-level bar to clear. But they're trying. I, I have to give them that. They are fucking give, they're giving the good old college try. We'll see how it works out for them. Um, Kevin Galsman with the, with the Blue Jays, um... That just means that Robbie Ray is gone. I feel like Kevin Gausman and Robbie Ray are kind of the same guy. Like, Robbie Ray Robbie Ray definitely has better stuff, and he has better strikeout stuff. He's always been a strikeout artist, but it, it, I feel like if you were to do a, a comprehensive ranking of pitchers across the league and do it by tiers, these two dudes are in the same tier. So they just decided to, to, to get the right-handed version, and maybe Robbie Ray's contract demands were just out of their price range. Maybe they just felt like, all right, we can get Galsman for less anyway. Let's just do that. I don't know why they pivoted from Robbie Ray, but we'll see because Robbie hasn't signed yet. So we'll see what happens when he does sign. Um, but I mean, you you have you have Yankee fans complain as far as uh, as far as um Scherzer goes. Before I get into the Yankees more, um. It feels very much like Scott uh, Scott Boris. Uh, uh, before I talk about shirts, Scott Boris is a legend. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Like Scott Boris, and I know he's never gonna get to for obvious reasons, but Scott Boris has had baseball off seasons in a chokehold for three decades, basically. Like I'm, I'm exaggerating. I might be exaggerating a little bit. I'm not exactly sure when Scott Boris came about. But since I was a kid, I've been hearing Scott Boris' name every fucking offseason. Oh, this is Scott Boris' client. This is Scott. He the only baseball agent I can name. He's the only baseball agent I give a fuck about. And, and that goes for a lot of baseball fans. Hey, we can name Scott Boris and nobody else as far as agents. No fucking body else. That's power. Like, the, the minute free agency starts, Scott Boris becomes the most powerful man in baseball. Just you hear his name a million times. We talk about him every day. Like there isn't a single fucking day that goes by where we you don't hear the name, see the name Scott Boris. If you follow free agency and you follow it as heavily as I do, or not even as heavily as I do, if you just follow it in general, you, you are never gonna go that long without hearing Scott Boris's name. He got that much pull in Major League Baseball, and he just he's that guy. He's a legend. But as far as Scherzer. This whole situation, and I mean, they're dragging it out, Scott and them. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if if if, if Max was signs right as I'm doing this podcast, because that's how these things fucking work. This is being recorded on Monday morning. Um, they're dragging the fuck out of it, and it just makes it seem like if the if the reports are true and it's three years, 130 million dollars, or somewhere in that neighborhood, basically they're paying they're willing to pay him 40 million dollars for at least three seasons. Then you would think the deal would be already signed, right? It just feels like they're using 
the Mets to get lever to get money out of whoever or get a year or so out of whoever, whatever, whichever team, whether it's the Dodgers, the Giants, whoever the fuck is involved. I'm not sure who's involved outside of the Mets and the Dodgers right now. Like that, that seems to, it seems to be a two horse race. But apparently the Angels are also involved. I I read that like from a from a source. I'm not I'm not sure is uh is a good one. But I read that one. Um, but it just feels like they're 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 they are milking the Mets to get whatever the fuck they want out of whoever out of wherever Max actually wants to go. Because and I know it's a Boris client. I get it. I understand that. But bro, if, if the Mets are offering three years for 130 million dollars. Why wouldn't you just take it? If he wanted to be a Met, he would have took that already. I think, anyway. It's just me talking. And I'm not saying he won't sign there. Maybe the money is just too much for him to fucking pass up, which is perfectly reasonable, obviously. Get your get your coins. Get your coins. But if he wanted to... like, I just can't see a world where somebody beats three years for $132 million. Maybe Scott Boris thinks that's a thing that can happen. Or maybe they're just praying that the Dodgers or whoever get in the same neighborhood and say, all right, we'll give you three for a 125 or something along those lines. But I can't see somebody beating that shit. Like, three years for 40-some-odd million dollars for a 37-year-old pitcher. Like, people are not going to beat that shit. Like, and, and hey, man, maybe it's just they're hammering out, hammering out details like options and all that, but... Through Sunday night, I feel like eight different reporters tweeted the, the Mets are close, like five, six different, <laughs> five, six different times. But it's just like, all right, this just feels like one of those we're 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 using them to get either either they're gonna milk the most. Max Scherzer gonna milk the milk somebody. If it's the Mets, if it's the Giants, if it's the Dot, who are, he gonna milk somebody? It feels like the Mets are being leveraged, even if it's against themselves, even if they end up getting him anyway. It feels like they're being leveraged. Which, hey man, Max Scherzer is one of the best pitchers of a generation, one of the best pitchers we've ever watched. If anybody deserves this, it's him. So, good for him. Um, before I get to the Yankees offseason, I'd like to throw in a, a little talk about Wander Franco's contract. So, Wander Franco signed a 12-year, I want to say it was $223 million contract with the Rays. Um, and it's just one of those, let me make myself clear here. I'm not shedding any tears for Wander Franco. Like he, like he had, he just signed a contract that makes that gives him life to, a lifetime worth of wealth that changes his his life completely, changes his family's life completely. I'm not shedding any tears for him. I'm not trying to make this guy into a victim. I'm not. Now, like he's not Ozzy Alves, who signed the the single worst contract I've ever seen signed in my life in anything. Real life, baseball, football, music, the worst, the worst, the worst. But, um, just given the type of prospect that Wander Franco is, and I understand that money now is worth more than money later. I, I get it. A lot of things can happen between now and then. I get it, right? Given the kind of prospect that Wander Franco is, and how likely he, and how and how his career is likely to go. Like, like he left money on the table. He just did. He left money on the table. I'm not saying that, that that's guaranteed. I'm just saying that that's the likely outcome here is that he left money on the table. Obviously, things happen. People bust. People stink. Injuries. Whatever. Stuff happens. So, like, there's no guarantees, obviously, which is why he takes the money. 
again, I'm not crying no tears for Juan Franco. And if I was in a situation, I'd have signed the contract too. The problem isn't that he signed the contract from his perspective. The problem is, the problem is, um, it's one of those like he, he was the the system incentivizes signing that contract because the system is broken. That's the problem. You have so many fucking arbitration years and and team control years and all that shit. And it's like by the time in Wander's case he'd be twenty six when he hits free agency or whatever. And it's like a lot of shit can happen in six fucking years. So so you in lieu of maximizing your earnings, you just want to take whatever they're going to give you now, within reason, obviously. Like, Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies both got robbed by the Braves. And both, both of them, robbed. Clearly robbed. Like, I'm not begrudging, like, I don't know why Ozzy signed that deal. Like, it's easy for me to sit here and talk about $35 million or whatever. But a $35 million, a $35 million seven-year deal is fucking ridiculous. So, like, Acuna's deal was bad, but it ain't on that level. Wander's deal, I'm not going to call it bad, I guess. Because he's accomplished less than Albies did at that time, but we're gonna look back at it and we're gonna we're gonna realize that the Rays probably swindled him. And it's and I mean, I'm just tired of of the system and the arbitration years. The arbitration system is bullshit. The baseball system is bullshit overall, and it is, it basically makes uh, it makes it easier for billionaires to bully and swindle these players. Again, a lot of them end up being millionaires anyway, so it is what it is. It does not change that the system is broken, and you're not maximizing earnings, especially given that not everybody's development is linear, and not everybody's going to be good enough to get that kind of money. Like, they might be good enough immediately and then fall off, and then and then they, they don't get to maximize their earnings because baseball system says you got to basically play six fucking years until you can. You got to play six fucking years. You got to go through... You, you got to go through three until you get to arbitration at that. So basically your contract is just renewable until then at a, at a fixed cost. It's just the system is bullshit. Shout out to Juan Franco. Excellent prospect. Hate that he's in my division. Hate that he's going to be in my division for a long time. But that the system encourages, damn near forces players to sign deals exactly like that where you know damn well he's not maximizing his earnings. And it's unfortunate. Generally speaking, but um, on to the Yankees up uh, before I close out. So um, it's uh, a lot of panic going on, like from the, the people I see on social media in particular um, about the Yankees offseason and how they didn't sign Starling, Mar- Starling Marte and I guess how they're not going to sign Marcus Stroman and and I, whatever else, all that, all that, all that, all that stuff. Um, it's November twenty. 20- 29th. It's November 29th. What are we doing? Like, we've done this every year. The offseason is what it is. Sometimes offseasons move fast. Sometimes they move slow. Sometimes they move at a moderate speed. Offseasons are going to be what they are. That's it. Simple and fucking plain. I don't know why we have to sit here and pretend like the world is falling because the Yankees didn't sign everybody already. Especially when you consider that... Most of the people that we are linking to the Yankees or want the Yankees to sign or look at haven't been signed. Like, I wanted the Yankees to sign John Gray. I would have been appreciative of that. That didn't happen. I don't know what they're going to do as far as pitching. I think they might have a trade up their sleeves. But, I mean, Carlos Correa did not sign. 
So, some Yankee fans prefer Corey Seager for whatever reasons. He has not signed. Like, the Yankees need a shortstop. There's still a bunch of them left. Trevor Story is still there. There's still a bunch of them left. Pitching, I'm not as familiar with the pitching market. First base, Matt Olsen's still on the table, technically. Um, like, I, I don't... Like, like, if you believe some of these rumors, like, they're looking into trading Gary Sanchez, which is fine. I'm a, I am a big Sanchez guy. Always have been. Probably always will be. Um... I understand why, if he's going to hit like, an, if he's going to be an average hitter, basically as far as league-wide goes, as opposed to just the Yankees, I mean, as opposed to just catchers, then I understand why the juice wouldn't be worth the squeeze anymore. And that's what he's been for two and a half years now. Like, he's been an average hitter. So I get it, and I'm not, if you could get a starting pitcher for him, do it. Um... Just don't just don't run out Higgy every day and tell me he's an everyday cat. Just don't do that. Uh, like I, I don't have time for that. Get another guy. Get a platoon guy to platoon with him. That's fine. I don't care. If you want to trade Gary, trade him. But regardless, he's still on the team for now. You would think after this many years of the Yankees and just Major League Baseball free agency as a whole being what it is, that that Yankee fans would learn patience. You would think, because I mean. What are we really doing here? Like, what are we really bitching about? The fact that other people are doing stuff—that's great. There's still a lot of good free agents on the, on the board. Still, a lot of good. For, uh, Chris Taylor's there, Corey Seager's there, Carlos Correa's there. There's a lot of good free agents still left. And you would think, again, we see we see guys get signed late into December, early into January, sometimes into fucking February. And we're sitting here bitching and moaning because the, because the Yankees haven't signed anybody and December hasn't even hit yet. Just relax. Breathe. But, I mean, if the Yankees don't sign Carlos Correa, I'm going to be mad, though. Like, I, I will say that. I'm going to be mad. Like, if, if it's Seager instead, I'm going to be slightly disappointed. Because I love the bat, and then the glove is just saying, ugh, it's not great. But it just... It, let it let it ride. It's gonna be okay. I promise. Like yes, the Mets are signing everybody in their mama. Okay, I get it. And that and that is just you have to you you watch it and you, you're kind of jealous. Not me, y'all. Whoever this applies to, you're kind of jealous. I understand that. That's cool. But it's November 29th, bro. Not 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 February 29th. Not not even January 29th. It is November 29th. Once shortstops stop, start coming off the board, and, you, and if Carlos Correa signs elsewhere, feel free to react at that point and react poorly. Shit, I will be right there with you reacting poorly. I understand. I'll be right there with you flipping the shit, throwing tables. Okay, not quite that far. But you get it. I'll be angry as fuck. I'll be mad as shit right along with you. But until then, yo, drink drink some, dr- smoke some weed, drink some, drink some drink. Do whatever it is that you need to do to feel comfortable and calm your fucking nerves. Calm down. It's a long fucking offseason. Yes, the Yankees haven't done shit yet. A lot of teams haven't. It's a long fucking offseason. Buckle up and prepare for it. It's a long ride. It's a process. Hate that. I know people hate that fucking word. But it's a process. Buckle up. Let it flow. It's a process. They, the Yankees will eventually sign people. The Yankees will sign a marquee shortstop. I think Carlos Correa will end up being a Yankee, but at worst, they're going to sign a marquee shortstop. For now, the, the market 
the, the, the market is playing itself out in front of our faces. And Scott Boris is pull is pulling strings because, you know, GOAT. But yo, just just relax. It, it's everything is gonna be fine. The Yankees will be the Yankees at some point in this offseason. They are they are letting the market play itself out. On that note, I would like to implore you to listen to the middle initial podcast with myself, Jude A, Jude A. Jackson and Andrew L. Case as we discuss current sports topics. We have guests on every week. I, I hi, highly recommend that podcast. It's a good one. And Fly Fantasy with myself and Drew A. Cam as we discuss current fantasy football-related topics. Rate, review, and subscribe for those podcasts and mine. And I will see you when I see you. Do it, homie, can't be done. Now I'm going to let the champagne bottle pop. I'm going to take it to the top. Show, I'm going to make it hot, baby, baby. Do it, homie, can't be done. Now I'm going to let the champagne bottle pop. I'm going to take it to the top. Show, I'm going to make it hot, baby.